When there's a fire or medical emergency, most run the other way. For hundreds of volunteers in our community, it's the exact opposite. This year, Portage Health Foundation is celebrating those volunteers with $50,000 in funding. All volunteer emergency services units in Barragahoton, Keweenaw, or Onsonagan County are eligible for this funding with up to $5,000 available per grantee. This grant can be used to fund new turnout gear, make upgrades to vehicles or buildings, and much more. We can't wait to see how this funding will be used to make our community a safer place. Learn more at phfgive.org. Welcome to Capra Country Today. I'm Grant Ducetto. Today's program brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can find out more at phfgive.org. I welcome in Michaela Gaberkoff. She was just nominated and placed on the State Youth Leadership Council for Michigan 4-H. Michaela, when I think of 4-H, I'm thinking the county fair, but from what I can gather, it's a whole lot more than that, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is. It's um, Although a lot of clubs you tend to focus on animals and showing them in, you know, the fair every year, and that's their main project. There are so many things you can do through 4-H, really anything. Like, for instance, my club is a volunteering club, and I know other people in Silk with me who have clubs for cooking and hiking and biking and growing flowers and literally everything. So you can do whatever you want with your club. It's just a way for teens and kids to get around, um to um, learn more things and meet each other and build friendships and form skills as they learn new things with each other. So you mentioned that you're in a volunteering club. What made you decide to go in that direction, given all the options available? Um, I thought it was like a really unique idea because you always hear about 4-H being more animal-oriented, and I never grew up with animals, really. I live in just outside of Houghton on a small plot of land. We don't really have any big animals. So I was never really interested in that aspect. And um, I heard of the Houghton Service Club and I thought it was a cool idea. And I liked gardening. And a lot of what we do is like planting flowers around the community. So I thought it would be fun to get involved and start planting flowers at the school and everything. And yeah, I just, I met a lot of people that I'm still friends with today. And it's been a really great experience. So you're part of the service club. Do you get to interact at all with people who are in different clubs in the area, in the Houghton County and Keweenaw County areas? Yeah, definitely. This year it's been really hard because everything's virtual. We aren't really allowed to see each other face-to-face per the 4-H mandates of social distancing due to the coronavirus. Um, But in a normal year, yeah, there are lots of different service projects that are going on every year where Different club members are involved. It's open to the whole county. So I see people from Trap Rock and Country Clovers and all these other different 4-H clubs um, volunteering. And I also, everybody interacts at the fair. Um, Our club doesn't really do much with animals, but we do have um, some club members who like to enter artwork and stuff. So we usually set up a county fair booth. And that's obviously a um, a big event where we would see people from all the other different clubs. And hopefully so here definitely. in uh, 2021, we'll get to be able to go back to the fair again this summer. Yes, hopefully. It was a really big bummer that it was canceled last year. Everybody was sad about that. Now, 4-H has run through the MSU Extension. Tell me how that works, I guess. What is the connection between your groups and the MSU Extension? Are they essentially supervising you, or is there a deeper tie than that? I'd say it was, it's definitely deeper than that. Our county coordinator, Ann Crutchman, um, I've known her ever since I started 
with 4-H. She keeps in close contact with all of the clubs in the Houghton-Keweenaw County 4-H program. And she's like a mentor to us. If we need help, like initiating a project and want to involve other clubs, we can ask her for help. And she'll, um, she's always willing to help with like applications to different 4-H events or scholarships or programs and um, speak to us about different opportunities to get involved. And she's really just the person you go to if you need advice for 4-H. She's awesome. I'm talking to Michaela Gaberkoff for Copper Country today, and we're discussing 4-H. What are the age range? What is the age range for 4-H? How young can you be and still be part of a club, and how old can you be until you get booted out? You can be as young as 5 years old and as old as 19. But if you're older than 19, you can still volunteer as um, a volunteer through 4-H. You just have to register with your county. So you can be involved as long as you're over five years old. It doesn't matter who you are. And you actually went through and applied for the State Youth Leadership Council. And I'm looking at the website right now. And some of the eligibility requirements include being between 15 and 19. Michaela, as far as I can tell, you're still in high school. How old are you? I'm 16. I'll be turning 17 next month. That seems like a lot of responsibility considering there's only 24 slots in the entire state. I thought it would be a great way to get more involved and bring awareness to our area. Um, Since we're from the Upper Peninsula, which is a really rural region, and a lot of, you know, MSU is based downstate, a lot of, most of the clubs in our state are downstate. Um, Sometimes we tend to get a little bit overlooked in terms of like a opportunities to get involved in like event scholarships and stuff it's really hard to travel downstate to go to every 4-h event so i thought getting involved on the state level i could maybe help bring those events closer to us or help our area become more able to participate in all of the 4-h events that we are able to and i also thought it was a really great way to help promote volunteering on a statewide level because i'm really passionate about that what was the application process like? What did you have to do to become eligible, and how long did it take? Um, so the application opened, I think it was about a month before January of this year, and you had to answer, I think it was eight different questions. There were like many essay questions, and they would ask you about your experiences through 4-H, your views on um, equality and... Um, volunteerism and your passion for helping others and what you learned through 4-H and your 4-H story, stuff like that, all centered around what you learned through 4-H, why you're so passionate about it, and why you want to be part of the council. And then um, if your application was accepted, then you got to come back for a group interview and then an individual interview. When you were doing your writing, was it shorter answers or were they full-blown essays? Um, there was one long one, but then the rest were, I think, around 250 words, so not too bad. So you submit your application, and how long was it between when you submitted and when you found out that you had at least gotten to maybe a second round or that you had been selected? I think it was around three weeks. I can't remember exact dates. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. super long, though. So the turnaround was pretty quick. Um, yeah, comparatively. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm sure you were on pins and needles for those three weeks, interested yeah, to uh, hear back. Yeah, it meant a lot to me, so I was anxiously waiting. Do you know, did anybody else from the area apply for the State Youth Leadership Council, or was it just you? 
Um, from Houghton, I don't think there was anybody. Um, I didn't recognize anybody who was in my group interview with me, but I know that two members on the state council this year are from Marquette. You mentioned that there was a group interview portion of the application. How many people were on that interview? For me, um, there were four other silk applicants. Um, I think there were three um, silk members who were like on the council already, who had already served one year the year prior, um, who helped decide who got to be on the council. And there was one or two council advisors, the adult leaders of our group. As far as the the online environment for 4-H, how different has it been the past year, year and a half compared to what you grew up with? It's it's been very different. Um, usually, everything we do is in person. We have our meetings in person. We volunteer in person. You know, we talk face to face for everything and just kind of communicate and set updates online. Um, but this year, we've had to do everything virtually, holding Zoom meetings and like virtual service projects, like making cards and then just having people drop them off. It kind of takes away like the friendship aspect of it because you can't really get to know people as well over a screen rather than in person face to face. So it's, it's not my preference, but it is what we have to do at this time and it's worth it to stay involved. I'm thinking more of Keweenaw County than Houghton County, but in maybe some of the more remote areas, did you have any members that just can't do the virtual stuff? They don't have the internet bandwidth or maybe just not the access to be able to do the virtual meetings? My club is fortunate not to, but I'm sure there are probably some kids who find it really difficult to get access to internet and a computer or phone or whatever they need to tune in. Um, So I'm sure that's definitely been a struggle. And although I don't really know of any of those cases, I would assume that um, we could go through our County 4-H office and they could get access to some sort of internet or Chromebook or something there if they really needed it. There is always opportunities for kids to um, be helped to participate in 4-H no matter what they, what resources they have and where they're at. As far as 4-H, are the activities fairly isolated to 4-H, the organization itself, or is there some um, crossover between 4-H and, say, the public school district or other um, nonprofit organizations within the area? Um, There are definitely a lot of different crossovers. I know different 4-H clubs who have partnered with, like, their school key club or their National Honor Society. Um, uh, Our club, for instance, helps out with the school, and we involve some of the environmental science classes at our high school in planting and getting ready for our plant sale fundraiser each year, and we take care of, like, the school grounds and stuff. So there's definitely a lot of partnership that Um, goes along with it. It's not just like exclusively 4-H and you have to stay in your group. Not at all. You can work with whoever you want. In fact, it's it's definitely encouraged to spread the impact. As far as the different projects you have worked on since you started in 4-H, going all the way back to your first year, what's been your favorite one? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think I would have to say just um, when the flooding happened, the Father's Day flood, um, it was really um, rewarding experience to become involved and 
um, help shovel rubble out of the roads and stuff. Just because it was so impactful to see our whole community just kind of coming together and helping out and to be a part of that process was awesome, helping it recover. And I would assume it's something like that because it really was spur of the moment. I don't think anybody expected what happened to happen. You were probably organizing, you know, within a couple of hours to get people to the areas that needed the most help. Yeah, definitely. It was a scramble. But um, we managed to get a pretty good chunk of kids together and go help. And it was really it was really amazing to see everybody else out working in the streets with us. It was genuinely a community effort. It was really special. As far as 4-H, the different skills you learn, how do you think that they'll apply later on in life? Honestly, all of them really apply. I mean, working together and communicating, so teamwork and um, communication skills and leadership, if you step up and help tell people what to do, or if you're an older member, you help younger members. And really everything that you're building on in 4-H can help you in getting a job or working with coworkers someday or anything like that, because you're learning those valuable skills that you need in any aspect in life. If you're applying for a job, you need communication skills. If you're working with your coworkers, you need you know, to know how to work with a team and collaborate and stuff. So I think that it's, it's generally a great way to build your skill set to help you later on in life, no matter what you end up pursuing. Your post at the State Youth Leadership Council, have you started it yet as far as your different responsibilities, or is that something that is going to be happening in the coming months? Um, our, my position, uh, I was, I've been starting to get involved for the past couple months now. So I'm, I've pretty much learned what I have to do, and we've broken into our different networking groups now working on bringing different programs to Michigan 4-H. Are you the first 4-H'er from Houghton and Keweenaw counties to be named to the State Youth Leadership Council? Do you know? I don't think so. I believe there is one other a couple years ago. I'm not sure who it was, but I think I heard something about that. I think they might have been even been from Houghton. Um, as far as the council itself, has it been a, a learning curve or have you gotten into the swing of things pretty quickly? It's been really easy to really learn your position. Everybody is really helpful and eager to help you understand what your responsibilities are and what you do. Um, so I feel like it's it's been pretty easy to get in the swing of things and recognize how to take the next step with planning these different activities and really filling in the role that I'm supposed to. Talking about the composition of the State Youth Leadership Council, are there a lot of other service club members on there with you, or are you a bit unique in that regard? Um, there are a couple of members, yeah, that are pretty heavily involved in community service within their clubs. So it's not, like, terribly um, out there in terms of what 4-H usually looks like. There is a lot of diversity in the clubs of the people who are represented on our State Youth Leadership Council. In fact, I think that's probably what was intended when the council members were picked. For the members of the State Youth Leadership Council that were outgoing as you were coming in, the 12 that you were replacing, were you able to do an interview with them, maybe kind of pick their brain about their experience over the last two years? I was not, actually, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> I'm actually tempted to bring that up at the next meeting now. Um, no, I was not, but we do have some 
past members who have decided to come on as mentors for our group. And so they'll sit on in on meetings sometimes and help, you know, counsel us on our decisions. But no, I never got to meet any of the outgoing members before they moved on in their lives. So that's a good idea. So you mentioned that one of the things you wanted to bring to the Youth Leadership Council was the fact that we do exist up here. You know, we're ten, nine, ten hours away from Detroit. And I mean, Michigan's a huge state by the time you get from one end to the other. It's it's double figures as far as the number of hours when you're driving. Do you think you've made inroads in, into that? Do you think that um, the other members kind of better understand, you know, what life is like up here? Or perhaps in the opposite direction, do you think that maybe you better understand kind of what life is like down in, say, Monroe or you know, Hillsdale County or some of the other counties that border with Ohio and Indiana? It goes both ways, honestly. I've learned so much about how their program is set up down there when they're close to MSU and have a bunch of different clubs. And I've also shared how our region, which is more rural and doesn't have as many clubs, um, kind of operates. So we really learn from each other about that. And I think that will definitely help us in the future as we make decisions for state 4-H programs and how we're going to go about where they're located and how much they cost and different ways to provide transportation for people who live farther away and such. Are there any um, MSU type of outposts here, maybe working with Michigan Tech or even perhaps Finlandia that you can kind of tap into as far as the 4-H programs in the area outside of the extension itself? No, I believe not at this time. I think it's just MSU who's involved with the 4-H program. Gotcha. Now, you've talked about how some of the clubs are organized because they're within an hour or two of East Lansing and they're within an hour or two of the actual campus itself. You know, you're just a couple hours away from, from the state of Wisconsin. Are there opportunities for clubs in the UP to work across state lines with somebody from northern Wisconsin or even down into the Green Bay area where it might be a little closer for you, maybe easier to get to? Yeah, there's definitely ways that we could potentially get involved. Although the um, we aren't really affiliated with the Wisconsin program right now, um, we, it is possible to reach out and see if anyone um, who is in a leadership position in 4-H in their area would be willing to cooperate with the Upper Peninsula and invite them to some of their 4-H events. That's another good idea. Right now we are working with um, other states in 4-H, such as Pennsylvania, and networking with them and gaining ideas about how to participate in their virtual service projects this year and stuff. But it's definitely a good idea to um, bring up the whole you know location aspect of how Wisconsin is so near, and maybe we can get something going on that end. You mentioned that Pennsylvania is kind of open as far as sharing different ideas for virtual service projects. Have you gotten any good ideas from them? Are they doing something different down there that you th- said, hey, this could really work here in the Keweenaw? Yeah, um, their state 4-H council, um, their state youth leadership council is um, a couple members and they've been speaking with us. They actually invited some of us to um, one of their state meetings where they inducted their new state council members, and I actually attended that, and it was really cool to see how they do things a little bit differently from us. For instance, they united their whole state with this virtual service project this year that we were actually invited to participate in, which was writing thank you cards to first responders. And so they've been giving us different ideas about what we could do to volunteer virtually and involve like people from 
any other state who wanted to participate as well in different service projects during this time, which is, I thought was really cool. Are there ways to personalize something like that? And maybe this isn't for this exact example, but, you know, there's, there's just different things. There's certain things that are, you know, cultural or, or niche aspects that maybe exist in the lower peninsula, but there's also stuff up here. For example, if you were to grow up in, in Ingham County near Lansing, you probably don't know, say, what a pasty is. <laughs> are, there, are there ways, do you guys um, work to kind of personalize the, the different activities that you're doing so that you retain some of the local heritage? Yeah, we um we do icebreakers every single meeting where we share different things about ourselves and um, the details about what it's like in our area and how we grew up and stuff. We're really um, really open with each other and we learn a lot about each other every meeting. So we're learning because our icebreakers really are based on getting to know each other and how our county operates and how we grow up and what it's like in our individual areas so that we can better work together and be a team. Have you formed any, you know, deep friendships at this point? Maybe once the pandemic loosens up a little bit and you're able to meet in person, do you think that somebody from the State Youth Leadership Council that's, you know, three, four hundred miles away, you might see them in person? Maybe they make the trip up or you go down there and, and develop an actual real bond with someone? Yes, definitely. It was actually really sad this year that we have to be virtual because this council usually does meet um, in person twice a year for training at the MSU um, grounds. So I would have been able to meet everybody in person already. And it's really sad that I haven't been able to do that this year because there are so many awesome, friendly, funny, creative people that I would love to get to know better. But it's just kind of hard right now because we are virtual and we don't get to see each other face to face and hang out. Mm -hmm. As far as the service club up here, you mentioned gardening. You mentioned helping out after the flood. I mean, those are very um, seasonal type of type of activities. Are there things that you can do throughout the winter time as well, or is it something that the majority of your work is done between, say, March and October each year? It is true that most of what we do is summer oriented, um, especially with so many of our members being in school during like the more winter months and fall. Um, we do tend to not do as much during that period, but um, we always have stuff going on. Like we start preparations for the plant sale fundraiser um, in early winter by ordering supplies and everything. And we also do different little um, community service projects throughout the winter too. Like this year we made cards for um, little brothers of the elderly and the bluffs and we made Christmas ornaments and donated those. Just little things like that throughout the winter to, you know, still be involved in 4-H and still give back, back to the community until we can continue with our long-term service projects that are mostly set in the summer. As far as service projects go, does volunteering count? I'm thinking like something, say, Omega House, which you could do indoors during the wintertime. Would that be something that would be considered part of the service club or does it have to be more physical than that? Any volunteering really can count. Yeah, as long as you're... Like, if you mean through your 4-H program, then yeah, if you're a 4-H member and you volunteer through a mega house, you could, you know, have other people help them with that. Yeah, it can be whatever you want, really. We're open to any ideas from any club members about just helping people. As long as you're helping someone, you're on the right track. 
So I've been the guy peppering you with questions for the last half hour. I'm going to let you give the listener kind of one final thought, whatever you want it to be. I just want to stress the importance of getting out there and helping your community, and especially in this time when um, coronavirus has really been a problem and a lot of people are struggling either financially or with health issues or with anxiety and mental health at this time. There are a lot of people who are in need and there are also a lot of people who can help. And so if you're one of those people, then I would encourage you to please get involved in any way you can. If you want to reach out to me, um, my 4-H club or any other organization or area, or even just like go out by yourself and ask if somebody needs some help with anything right now, whether it be like alleviating like stress or financial help or volunteering for an organization for people who don't have enough food on the table, anything like that at all please go out and help. It's, it's definitely, it's never the wrong time to go out and help somebody in need. If somebody does want to reach out to the local 4-H, how do they do it? Um, we do have a Facebook page, the Houghton County 4-H Facebook page. So you could look it up on there and there is con- contact information there. Um, and you could get in contact with Ann Kutchman, our county coordinator. She can tell you how to get involved, anything you need to know really to be able to help out or join a club or anything like that. Michaela, thank you very much for joining me on Copper Country today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up after the break, Dr. Zach DeYoung from the Upper Great Lakes Family Health Clinic on fighting addiction right here in the Copper Country. Copper Country.